0: Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Don't adjust your dial. Today we have a special episode, Bros on Rose. So as always, my name is Bill Schomburg, and with me today is just Todd Schomburg. Just
1: me and you today, Bill. Just the what are we calling it today? The Brodio, the Brodown. I like til brofessionals. <laughs> the, Tilth Professionals. Tilth Professionals. No, it's the Tilth Professors. Professors. Yeah. There you go. Or the Professors. Yep. So. <laughs> Whatever. I like yeah, it. Yeah, just hefty boys, you better watch out. <laughs> we're coming for yeah, you. Yeah. We got the the two tilt bros here, and we're ready to do some bros on row spacing today. So That's what we got today. So
0: don't adjust your dial. Don't turn it off. Yeah, we're going to hold the, sh- hold the show down with these other two guys gone. Should have a full uh, complement next week, right? The other
1: guys should be yeah, back. Yeah, we should be back. So. Should be up and yep. running, so. Yeah, a bunch of conferences right now. No-till's going on. Yep. Now Matt's, lo- Matt loves no-till conference. It's his I favorite. Feel like it's his favorite, yeah. Yeah, he. Uh, which I have never gone, so I don't even know what to say about the conference. Yeah. It sounds like a good conference, but he, he like.
0: Well, getting some pictures, they look like they did some sightseeing, looking at the,
1: the. Yeah, they're right by the arch. Arch. They're in a sweet spot, actually, because you're right by. The where the conference is down there, right by the arch, and then you're really close uh, to the baseball field, uh, Cardinals. Bush, yes, stadium. Bush Stadium, which has like kind of like how the Packers has the you know area you can go for restaurants yeah. and all that stuff. Bush, all these must have that now. It must be a.
0: I think that's the way they're trying to compete, right? Is to just get people there can, year round, right?
1: Having other reason to go yeah. to the stadium than just a game, right? So yeah, they. they I'm sure he'll have some good stories always. Have good research and then they're they're the biggest thing I know down at that conference is the round tables. Yep. And, and you jump around, right? You right. can go to different ones and it's so farmer led? Somewhat. It's probably more of a farmer conference. And then what's odd with those round tables is you you and the next guy could have a way different conference depending on yeah. what round tables you're at. Right. You know, as a normal one, you could have a different conference because you went to different speakers. You know, but you still saw the main, and that's the same. But this is, you know, different breakout sessions, different this, and then your, your round table might be, you might be with just some. And you've been on round tables oh, yeah. that are like.
0: Some are like struggling because you don't I, have a lot of talkers at the round table. And then you get one where like one guy or gal will just take it over. Right. And then it kind of goes that route, which is okay. Um, but like you said, I've been to enough conferences with round tables where. It could be the same topic, five different tables, and they're all talking about different things about that topic. Right. So. And
1: you've been to ones where, like I've been with you at conferences where you were at a round table and I was at a different one, and you're like, that was the worst. Right. Like, what Mine do you mean that was awesome. the best? Yeah. Like I had the best, you know, you just all of a sudden sometimes click with the group or, like you said, you need the right amount of people. You need everybody to sort of bring up their opinion and nobody over, nobody dominate, nobody not say anything. It's right. A, it's kind of a weird a weird moment of where you kind of almost start to feel like it does bring a camaraderie to it or something. That that first 10
0: minutes is kind of like that (laughs) feeling out period. It's like a middle school dance. You're like on a first date. Yeah. How are we going to do this? Who's going to lead? Who's going to? And then like if the moderator, if you have to like report to the group, like who's that person that's on your table, that's going to be the person that, you know, talks about what your table talked about. And I'm always nervous because crap did i remember exactly what we all talked about and like want to report what we what we all did and so yeah it's it's cool it's good he he looks forward every year so we'll be
1: we'll be back in action so how are you holding up from the big loss on on uh, Sunday night bill and i, I both I, were at the game uh, it, oh lambo's always a great atmosphere and Yeah, just you could feel the air being squeezed out of that stadium as as Quay Walker makes a dumb penalty and just you just could feel like we just didn't have it that day. As
0: as much as like I figured the Packers could win, I had like I didn't want to say it to anybody because we tailgated before we tailgated with their resident Lions fan. He was really good. He was he had his phone on watching the Seahawks game to see if Lions had a chance and I think looking back it was probably better if the lions had a chance because i think when they didn't they had no i didn't
1: see that come in yeah. i thought like either way i'm like if if they have a chance we'll still have to play tough we'll still have to play tough if they don't have a chance but i didn't see come in that they played like no cares well think of that is like they literally played like they have nothing to lose because yeah, they, they don't didn't have yeah. anything to lose and when you play like nothing to lose. You're doing hook and ladder plays right. on third and fifteen and yeah. going forward on fourth, like they literally just were they said, F it. we're gonna we're gonna wreck we're gonna your season right, yeah, and I didn't sort of see that coming of like yeah that you played differently that way and and the Packers looked tight, they played, they t- played they, yeah they, they looked they looked like they had everything to lose, and we were, were just trying to grab that game so tight and win, yeah. and they they could you know everything nah. they, they could. Dude didn't fall their way and fumbles again like in other years when Mercedes Lewis fumbles and Aaron yep. Jones fumbles and Aaron Jones fumbled again, again. in this game.
0: And they are kicking field goals in the first half I, when oh, they should have been at least – got to get at least two touchdowns out of that. Right. If, you know, if you're going to say, yep, we're going to go in the playoffs, we're going to have a chance to make a run, which everybody outside after their four-game winning streak was like, yeah, this team could make a run, nobody wants to play them. In reality, they just – harken back to before that barrier before their streak they're playing again like that like again. that yeah you know those stupid penalties dumb fourth and one calls with your slowest ride right. receiver on a el mazard
1: you're doing on him a jet, on a jet, jet sweep. Like, like she's the blocker not right the, like <laughs> right like what, what is going on yeah. yeah
0: so i i was over it literally when rogers threw that interception like I was at the game, I had my scream, I got it out, like...
1: I should have did that, because I, I... got I,
0: it out right there, like, okay, let's just chuck it. I mean, I said something like that, and I didn't swear, because I had my son with me, and I just said, like, oh, fine, just let's end it and chuck it like you always do. And then I felt better, and I looked at my son, and I said, well, do you want to stay, or do you want to go? And he's like, I don't know, and then, like, a minute later, he's like, let's go, and so we left at that So definitely. he ailed? So he ailed, yeah. Ailed.
1: Yep. Did you have the coin? Didn't have the coin. Ale is always leave early. You yep. just get out of there at get the. At yep. which, which at first I was like, if there's something on the line, all that. But you stayed pretty much till the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we. Like, and we literally stayed till the end end, which was fine. You know, getting out of Lambo wasn't bad. No. I mean, we didn't have to A go lot of people months. left early earlier. Than yeah. I did.
0: And he's 10. He needed to get to Yes, bet. that's you know, fair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're like. It is I, tight. Yeah. I, at that point, yeah, the Packers, there was like two minutes ago. They could have got the, you know, they could have won, but I'm like, now nah, let's just.
1: And you can, what's nice, you can put it on I your did. phone or I on the radio. It on my phone, yeah. Right, as you're going out. So you could kind of hear the, yeah. you know, like, you could still know what's going on, which is nice.
0: We got our stuff off. We got in the car and we really didn't have to wait at all. So. That's sweet, yeah. He was hungry, so we stopped for some nice. late, late night T Bell. And I was gonna say
1: it was a T Bell or yep. a Quick Trip, or yeah, yeah. he wanted T Bell, so we got a little bit of that, and then that would make the loss feel a little better. Some T Bell,
0: yeah. And he he was good; he wasn't upset. He doesn't take like my older son at that age would have taken a lot harder. Yeah,
1: remember when he wrote the letter that season? <laughs> yeah, to, yeah to how like,
0: upset he was. Yeah. So, but this he's not. He's
1: pretty the the only silver like what got me over it is the Niners I hate the 49ers and they would have beat us now in the playoffs for sure like there's no way we would have beat the Niners no um so somehow the Seahawks beat the Niners I think I'm gonna feel bad about it again but I just I think they would have crushed us and so at least at least we were sort of already put out of our misery that way. like this team didn't have you know watching them at the Vikings game that was a that was a different team that showed yeah, out.
0: and that, and and just we i didn't see it like during the game, but looking back and now four or five days removed and seeing replays and stuff, like fourth and one, third, and one, they're back to playing six, eight yards off the receivers again, yes, like it was how are you going to stop anybody if it's fourth and one and you're, you're eight yards back, right like right. right, they played a completely different game. Against the Vikings, than they did this. And I'll give the Vikings credit. I mean, just watching the game, they came out of the tunnel. Oh, the Lions. The Lions, I'm sorry. Yeah. They came out of the tunnel.
1: Oh, like, they were... We were
0: booing, and they were just throwing their arms up, like, yeah, give it to us. Like,
1: And there was a lot of Lions fans there that... I mean, that was their Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, they... Yep. But even on never fourth and one in the first, quarter, second
0: quarter, whatever it was, third quarter, like, we're screaming, and... Panay Sewell is, like, dancing, and he's, like, throwing his arms up, too. Like, yep, we're going to just shove this down your throat. Yeah. Like, they were ready for it. They yeah. were ready to play, and uh, we just weren't. And it just seems like we get to this time of the year in this last game, and they just,
1: that killer instinct just doesn't it come isn't out. there, yeah. I like Lafleur as a coach, but he does not have... He's not that guy. Well, and at what point, guy, like,
0: that's been my biggest beef all season is this the way they're playing defense. Like, they got good players, but it's the way they're playing. And that's coaching. At what point doesn't Lafleur say, dude, you got to change something. Right. Like, it's now lafleur has got to take it upon himself. I,
1: I hope this gives Lafleur more of an edge. Like, that's what I feel like he needs. More right. of that, to of all around. Like, I just feel like the way he talks about Rodgers sometimes and all that is just very... Blase and oh, you know we'll let him decide. And no, I I want to coach it like no. Do you want to play football or not? Because right. we're playing football here. Right. Not messing around. Like yeah, yeah. So may, we'll see. So yeah,
0: I was over it pretty quick.
1: So to all the tilties out there that yeah don't like us talking about sports, we can <laughs> that that one our love of the Packers can be put to bed till September, and we can just focus on our other love. You know the agronomy side here, and yep, it'll be yep. it'll be good that way. Maybe some buck stuff will probably come in here and there. Eventually, Badger stuff's
0: going to come in. That's true. Because I'm like point. super jacked. Like I am. <laughs> sure, so we got You got to move to the next sport for August man. with yeah. the Badger football. Because
1: oh, they got a new coach. Pickle, right, so Pickle's that'll be a just different. rolling
0: the four stars in left and right. now. Yeah. So hopefully that'll pan out. But yeah, so ready to get into some bros on roads. Yeah. Here?
1: Rose on row spacing, so yeah, rows and rows. So mainly the reason I picked this is because it rhymed and it was fun.
0: <laughs> oh, it's but, always good to like just re talk about things because you know there's some some traction in the industry on the 60 inch corn. You know that's the totally different way, but you know we all started scouting 30 inch, 38 inch row corn, and, right?
1: Like. Yeah, remember scouting 38s was like a super highway. Like you could yeah. literally, you know, like versus walking 20s where you're like walking or, sideways or 15s. Or
0: 15s where you literally have to walk you sideways. Go like crossroads.
1: But yeah, 38s were insane. I remember, like even doing populations, you know, so you laid out the tape measure and it's 14 feet, seven inches, I believe is the thousandth of an acre for, for 38s. I and forgot like, that number already. Right. What was always hard is you know. Well, what's the number for 30-inch? 17.6, right? Right, 17 feet, 5-inch, 17.6. So, like, yep. you know that. It's two hundred four in- 209 inches. Like, boom. Yeah. Like, whereas then all of a sudden you get these other row spacings, and you're like, oh, shoot, what is it? And so you'd maybe do the run it out like what you normally would and do the math to change it, and that was always tricky. But, yeah, scouting, like, so originally what's crazy to me, like, I you know this and you remember it from a Grammy 101, but you don't realize of, like, the only reason we started out originally corn spacing was 40 inch wide. And that was because that was the size of a horse's ass.
0: Like, <laughs> it's what they could, it was the equipment they had at the time. Right. So yeah.
1: literally, like, if anybody asked, well, why, why, you know, why you have that spacing? The horse's ass decided. <laughs> like, and like, that was the size to get down the road. And you and, didn't want a small horse because right. then
0: they weren't probably very strong and couldn't pull what you needed to pull them. So you needed a big horse, which made their ass wider, which got to your to your 40 inches. Even
1: like that, I mean, that's just over three feet wide. So, like, that's not a huge no. area for that horse to get down. So, yeah, like, that was it. Like, literally, that's what started our trek on row spacing. So, like, when people ask, too, like, well, what's the best? It's like, well, we didn't start at any sort of, like, this is the best and why. There was no research done. No, no. And I, and you wonder if back then, like, did somebody try like, well, I'm going to buy smaller horses and then I can narrow it up and have better, you know, like, I think it was just, no, everybody did it at, at that. And then if you think back then of like, literally you had check rows. So like you, the horse would go, you know, one direction, but you'd have it like put bunches of corn originally, so you could cultivate both ways. Both ways, right. So you'd have it, like, 40 inches from the clump of corn, you know, both ways. Like planting pumpkins. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, it'll allow it to... to and that's
1: why, too, is, like, the word check rose comes from a checkerboard. That's right. where they got it from. That's, like, the pattern you would have planted in. So,
0: And I would think that when we're planting corn with horses, like, our goal is to make sure that we can supply feed... For, right, for for the animals that we have, right? Because yeah. we probably only have 20 acres. Maybe we have 60 acres. Like the farms aren't the size they are now. We're not trying to go for some national no, corn or right, contest right. or, you know, like, oh, if we get this corn, then we can sell it and we can buy skids. Like we just bought, we just planted corn so we could
1: feed our. Make sure you had enough. Enough. Right. You so wanted all of them to get cobs on them. Yep. them. Yeah. So
0: we could have beef so that our family could have the beef for meat and definitely a different different time
1: what's what was interesting looking back is they called like in the, the 60s and 70s narrow like narrow row was 30 inch right so like back then too like almost all the research done was on like 30 inch so there's this weird overlap where a lot of farms were planting on 40s yet you know but or or not 40s necessarily say like 36 and 38 yep. which i think is an interesting progression too of like 40 38 36 30, you 30. know, like there's no 32, 30. yeah. or 30, like jump that way. And I was looking like why on all of that, and there really wasn't much why. You know, I'm sure there was some equipment thing or wheel size thing. But so that was n- narrow then in the 60s, and 70s, and like all the research was done on 30s. So that would be an interesting time too where you'd be like running something with, with your planner, but it was different because all the research done was right. done with something different. Sure. How much
0: I wonder, and it probably would never come out. But how much was it equipment sales driven too? Like, oh, we're going to change row spacing so we can sell a little more equipment. True. Sure. You know, maybe the, I don't yeah. know. Maybe that yeah. came into play too.
1: Even that, like, why was there thirty sixes and thirty eights? Yeah. Like I, I couldn't find anything on that. Of like some, it it had to have been a like certain equipment dealers thing. Sure. But even that was was not necessarily able to find that. And then the yield increase they showed from forty to thirty inch was like five to seven percent. So that's somewhat shocking to me too. Is like you'd think there'd be a big jump from forty. That, to That 30. is a
0: big window from forty inch to right. 30, thirty inch rows. So you'd
1: think it'd be bigger, but it, yeah, they found about five to seven percent of a yield increase. So yeah, remember what was our remember Uncle Carl's old cyclo? Yeah. So that was like a four, was row, four row. But was that a 38 or 36? Yeah, I couldn't even tell. I couldn't that. remember either. I was thinking on that of like, wow. it had to have been a 36. It's but
0: b- if I had to guess, yes.
1: And I thought it was a six row. So it was a four row? I'm pretty sure his was a four wow. row. Wow. Yeah. But the, and, it, and I believe you'd drive the 884 on you that would. one. Yep. So like the old 884 open, you know, open, open cat with four rows with 36 inch wide, planting what, 100 some acres of corn in the. 80s, 90s. Probably. Yeah. maybe I, He did one. custom work, too, so he might have been up to <laughs> Maybe he was pushing two, 300. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he
0: did his cousins.
1: Yeah. So that that actually would have been a good planter track, because that was four-wheel drive. Right. 884. I mean. It was a good,
0: like, hydraulic steering. Right. You know, just a good. Like, ahead of
1: its time, That it's, it wouldn't start in the winter.
0: No, it wouldn't. And, but you don't plant corn in the winter. So. Yeah. It and just I, was very nimble tractor for for what it
1: was, is it nimble enough to smoke the side of the it was. shed? Bill, or, yeah, or not? we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> or the placement of the, it had a, it had a foot throttle which, on the brake, which in general to me is a weird idea. On the side it, of the right, brake, underneath the brake. <laughs> so basically, because I was there once, where we, you know went to hit the brake, foot slipped off, hit the foot throttle, yeah, and it would revvy up, yeah. and you're like, that's well, the opposite yeah. of what I'm trying to do. So, yeah, that was...
0: Uh, um, I think that was the first tractor I drove where when you hit the clutch, it didn't disengage the PTO. Yeah, it's like, true. you know, all them old Older, the, you know, older, yeah, um, the
1: old WD-45 where right. you hit the clutch, you know, with the hay rake going around the PTO. Yep. Yeah, you're that right. That one
0: you'd hit her and it'd be like, oh, yeah, crap, PTO's still running. Yeah.
1: Which had its benefits, of course. Right. There was a reason they did that, but, yeah, it was just different getting used to that.
0: And that... I don't know that, you know, that planter, The it wasn't so much the row spacing as was the seed placement. Yeah, the cyclos was are such, classic. It was for, such a... Uh,
1: well, I mean, think of that, too, as, like, your first air seeder, in a yeah, way, you know. in a way. In a way. The, the thing, thing that air I seeders,
0: blew me away, like, looking back at that, like, versus now where, like, they're trying to reduce the distance between where the seed gets dropped and the ground. Sure. And that... That Those was, tubes were like yeah, five feet long. You're right.
1: Think of the seed singularity w- happened, and then it had a long, a time, long time to bounce around. Or, which yeah. that thing was a triple machine. Like think of how like how often in the last ten years have you seen a triple? Like we're never dropped, like, right, never. And like that thing, I remember you. You know, doubles for sure, and then yeah. you'd see all sudden some triples. Or, right. yeah, it was, uh, yeah. If we see triples
0: now, it's like what? what ha- yeah what's broke right right you know it yeah that thing
1: i remember one of when i first started i had a couple of guys with cyclos yeah and i remember do you know basically doing the populations and showing them like within 2 years you could pay for a new planner right, right. with the po- without poor and i and i loved the cyclos as a cool planner but it just well it's yeah. it was ahead of its time and then when guys were still using them in the late 90s it was like yeah the, you know in the early 2000s but it was
0: an easy planter to do plots with, though. Sure, because you just open the trap door, take the cycle part off, I take the drum off, and it just feeds right out. You, out. out. you put her back on and Kay. you dump it in. <laughs> Once
1: you couldn't what, do any like you had to do the whole planter. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't split you couldn't, it. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I never did any plots with that. That's interesting. Do you got anybody that still has a bean cycle planter? No, no, because those not the worst. I mean, no. Other things that are. Better, the the
0: crazy part is my best farmer at the time. He's passed now, but he had a six-year-old cyclone, and he had always every year best yields that of all my clients. And we could it was like, wow, you have like the terrible planter for you know planting the singulation and spacing, but he did everything else right. He, sure, you know he plowed his hay fields up a year sooner than everybody else, and yep, and just. He was meticulous about everything else, but he loved his cyclo planter. So Doesn't, that was a 30 inch row though.
1: As I get some of my old carpet farming uh yep. 164 scale. Like yep. um the kids were playing it the other day and we yeah, I had a twelve row cyclo that was that thing was twelve rows. Yeah, that thing was did a lot of carpet planting with that machine. So the what are our options with spacing? You know what what what's out there, what what do we see is better worse all that stuff and so options really are are as follows 30 inch 20 or 22 kind of get roped in together 15 inch twin row or i heard it called paired row never heard of that that. right have you okay always been twin yeah so paired row or twin row which i thought was a yeah again i mean you had a pair of rows but still yeah twin rows and then kind of still the old school 36 38 is there's a few still out there doing that. And then as Bill said, there's this new 60 inch kind of idea where you where you interplant like cover crop in between. And you don't plant to you know, the row in between. So to, to see what like what's most popular, how many what guys are doing, and 30 inch still like dominates. Yeah. I mean it's over 80% of the corn. And we
0: even had guys that went to 15s and then I have come back circulated back. Yeah. yeah.
1: Even so, even I had one go 20s and then back, which sort of shocked me cuz there's a lot of advantages to 20s but but yeah, that, that's what also it's the 15s and then back is is well, and, and, and twin row that was tried for a little while and right. then it seemed like they went back.
0: And I think the advent of like wide drops and some other technologies of fertilizer, where we're going across fields more often, has really pushed away those narrower rows back to thirty. So right, we so you got the
1: room to, get, the get, down room to there.
0: get down there. Yeah,
1: yeah. The this is from 2015. At that time, it showed adoption. So so it's obviously changed each year a lot. But at that time, there was still like six percent of the acres, but it was declining quite rapidly was 36 and 38 inch. And then about 7% was kind of your narrow spacings, your 15, 20, 22. And then that 85% was 30 inch. So I, I knew it was like dominating, but I didn't realize it was sort of that much. I I mean, I, I don't guess how many that I work with. It's, it's almost all thirties, but but like you say, you still get a few twenties, few fifteens. But I've got no more at 36 or 38s. Do you have any? Yeah. None. Yeah.
0: None. And I think, think back to a handful of years ago when the Kemper heads started coming out on the choppers. That's true. That seemed to be like, I I have no research or nothing to base this on, but it feels like at the same time those Kemper heads really started to get popular, we thought, oh, well, now the row spacing doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, we could go sideways or kitty corner in a field if we wanted to and still chop every star That's going to get it. Yep. What if we went to 20s or 15s? We can get more yield because we're, we're we're shrinking it up. And then, of course, the logic of 15s is that the corn on on partnering rows is kind of offset, so you're not next to one another. You're kind of trying to maximize that inch. And to me, it never seemed to exactly happen that way. No,
1: especially with the twin row. I, I think the failing of the twin row was... It could never quite, they called it that diamond pattern yeah, or the triangle. right. And it never, like I even had one twin replanter that was supposed to like automatically do that always. Sure. Um, and it it always seemed like it just was random and then you'd have two right kind of next to each other and
0: stuff. So I, I wonder if that was some of it where we, we went to those heads and then did some of the, and we just realized that, eh, 15s were really not getting that much more for the headache of, All nitrogen has to go up front and it's harder to do fungicide and it's harder to do other things that we wanted to do. I mean, I remember in the day 20 years ago when I was in a sprayer for a summer, hated every minute of it, but we did Sphere Dan. on It was was, uh, rootworm beetles and the corn was chest high and the guy's like, it's 15 inch rows, so don't bother trying to keep the row because you're not. I want yeah, to. Op- so I'm then going then. the opposite way <laughs> and bouncing over everyone. Like, uh, you know, so I think a lot of that just we change our mindset when it totally changes the way we have to farm.
1: Yeah. So so why narrower? And it's basically back to reducing population and compet reducing competition for water, nutrients, and light. So the narrower you go, the more space that plant theoretically has. But one interaction that's extremely important in this is population. So a lot of people talk about row spacing. And then when you talk row spacing, you have to talk population with it. Right. Because as population increases, row spacing becomes a lot more critical that then narrower becomes better because you give that plant a little bit more space. So a way to think about it is is back in the day on forty. You know when they were using the horses' asses, as and you had forty inches roll, your population was probably eight or ten thousand. Right. You know it wasn't,
0: and they weren't pushing back then anyway. Right,
1: that wasn't a thing. You know, and then as they went to thirty sixes and thirty eights, really you didn't see that big of a yield. And I remember planters back then when we were planting twenty six to thirty thousand right. on a thirty six inch planter, it was fine. It was fine. It was like when we bumped it up to say thirty two well, okay, now those plants are getting tighter and you could kind of actually see, you yeah. know, where that yield drag would come in a little bit more. So population is a huge interaction there. A variety as well. I mean, there's certain varieties that the spacing or how how packed they're in together, they don't it doesn't bother them as much. So that is one struggle I do have is we seem to exclusively talk about row spacing and like, well, 20 inches is better. But 20-inch, when you're pushing, say, 36, 38s, is different than 20-inch you know at 32,000. So yeah, that's the part I think that it, that is is critical when guys are talking about this.
0: And I think we're all finding that like yeah there's a sweet spot for population but in some degree if we want to push yields it isn't so much narrowing it's adding more it is more, adding more, more pla- plants, plants right, right. And, you know and looking at the the guy that won the national corn growers contest this year I want to say he was at like 49,000 Sure. For plant do you know his row spacing at all? Uh, no, I no. I would assume thirties, but maybe maybe it was was narrower. But we the days of these gigantic cobs that are as long as your forearm may not be the way we want to be. I I think to me, a nice blockier with really a lot of them, you know, thirty six, thirty eight, forty thousand, if we really want to push yield, is is where it's got
1: to be. I so so that just they're interconnected. Is that spacing to, you know, so when people will be like, well, what is the spacing going to be in twenty years? Well, tell me what the population is for our normal corn varieties and how the genetics have gone, and Correct. we'll know. Over time, our is.
0: genetics are going to change. They're going to be I, able to to manage through those higher populations, right?
1: So then it probably is going to go narrower. And then, like Bill said, we're we're obviously kind of by the the wheel size and the opportunity to get back in you're kind of that Who changes that a little bit too. Who
0: knows, 10 years drone technology might be from right. standpoint of a row of spacing right. doesn't you, matter and we're not crossing a field with the implement anymore d- with yep. a sprayer, or a tractor, we
1: Right. So as you look to the future of of what spacing th- those two things are very important to think about. And then the research here, I I was surprised how convoluted the research was in that you really got to be careful about the data because there's a lot of NS data, so not significant yield difference, that is often not published. That was a point that Iowa State made that was really impressive that they had some negative, you know, like it was from 30s to 20s, um, excuse me, it was 30s to 15s. It was like negative 2% to positive 6%. But a lot of the say this negative 2% didn't get published Well, just
0: publishing the positive data. Right. Yeah. You know, so
1: anyway, it said like you really got to watch the bias toward narrow row spacing in the data. Sure. And I was looking at, and there's no way to find that out. But basically what it said was a lot of the data that showed not a significant change doesn't even get published. So there's enough data out. Like I always thought it was like a sure thing, you know, two to 4% when you get narrow in it. There is some of that, but... It's not a slam dunk either. There are some years where that space mattered, where the corn needed to respirate, wanted more space, vari- like we just said, population variety interactions. So.
0: Well, and there was a push 10 to 15 years ago in the county here of yes. tw- Twin Rows, and we had our egg agent do research, replicated research on it. And I, th- if I remember right.
1: The, the Forage Council, the, and I got that down here, basically. Did a study on you know the the twin row versus thirties, and it showed very little yield increase to not like to not you know nothing right and even if you think of these studies they're very difficult in that, like this twin row versus thirty inch, it was two different planners doing it, yeah, so if say the twin row was sort of a you know better at stuff in general, you know a placement a depth that whatever. It's going to win because of that, potentially, because the planter did a better job. So, so, so that's tricky, too, is just even doing this gets really hard. You know, the 15-inch inner plant, and then they raise the rows and do a 30-inch is probably your most same research you're going to get. Because it's the same planter. Right, yeah. whereas, like, a 20 versus 30, it's a different planter, different
0: setup, different. I'm different.
1: Right, so you might be getting a different interaction that that you just don't. No, uh, you know, understand or know what's going on with that,
0: and we all know that farmers stick a lot of money into keeping their planters up and running, Newest bells and whistles, the newest technologies, just keeping everything going. So, just as much as row spacing is what we have to worry about, that, but we want to make sure, obviously, that seed placement and the maintenance of your planter and your planter is running at a tip-top shape always. You know, you get a handful of days in a year to use it, it better be right. Better be running no matter what the row spacing you pick. Right.
1: So what the research did, like I said, there wasn't, there's a lot of research. It's very convoluted and kind of like this about 2 to 4%. Um, there's a, a lot of studies showed 4% yield increase going from 15 to 30s, but there's a lot of trade-offs there from 15 to 30. So let's talk specifically on that is, like Bill said, you can't, Spray, citrus nitrogen changes. So that's where that changes too is like, okay, say you do get a 3% yield gain, let's split in the middle. Well, now if my crop needed nitrogen but I can't feed it or need a fungicide but I didn't have a way to get out there, like all those things then kind of make that a wash. Yeah,
0: you're not going to get the yield if you can't get the inputs out there that you that you want or you need to get them on.
1: Right. So, And then the other part is is like the cost to change equipment. So like Bill said, going to Kemperhead, Change that equation where there's less cost to change equipment, so that made it better. But all of that then gets kind of shuffled in that too. That's tricky. And then, sort of comparing the 30 inch to 20 or 22s, um, all the I, I do, and Matt always teased me for saying it this way, but like I would just say 20 20 inch corn is my favorite, and Matt we'll just walk. likes to tease you. I know, and he just be like that's the like, what? And I just I like how it looks, I like walking, it just feels right. But there too is a lot of trade-offs. Is you know you got to get skinnier tires. You can still get equipment down it, but it's definitely difficult.
0: And think about too, like in the days of forties and thirty sixes and thirty eights, like changing equipment wasn't just a one-trick pony, if you will. Right. It was a planter. It was a cultivator. It was a sprayer. It was a chopper. A combine. I mean, everything that we did was depending on that. That row spacing. Right. So a lot had to change if you decided to go from 36, 38 to 30. That's a big change.
1: Yeah. So, so again, do we, I think you got to look into all those things? Are you trying to push pops? Then maybe you do want to go a rows. Are you doing okay where you're at? Stick with 30? I mean, I just 30 seems to be our sweet spot for a long time now. And I think you'll see extremely slow adoption. Yeah. From that, either way, you know, I I just
0: especially because we had a big adoption of third fifteens, uh, and then that kind of receded phase, back, faded back back yeah. a little bit to thirties, and then maybe some guys. Oh, let's try these twenties.
1: I Bill, do you ever think we'll have another something? We're not, you know, like like a twin row, and then a fifteen, a twi- like, will there be a twenty-five inch or twenty? Like, well, there's going to be something. Somebody's going to try it, something. It, it it almost seems like these now, though are. Pretty much the big stakes in the ground of yeah. what's out there. Right. Like 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 these are your options. It's just gonna be hard to beat what we're doing. Right. Yeah. Right. And and like I said, it's gonna take a total change in the you know, where we went from planting with horses to equipment. It'll be when we're planting with, you know, robots out there and they're then it might, you know, okay, what's the exact spacing and how do I place it? So good. Any other no, I think we we hit hit all the Yeah, one thing I do want to highlight is just the research is more convoluted than I even thought and that you really gotta know why you wanna change and
0: maybe the and other things around it are more important than the row space in itself, like what you're doing right. with your inputs How's and everything else versus that actual right, yield how or yield gain or loss that you're doing. Your management around it and yeah. how you wanna
1: deal with it. Yeah. So good. So cool. Moving on to our
0: spotlight today, John Deere debuts new planting technology. John Deere's just not stopping, are they? They're no. it's going to keep rolling out. <laughs> so during John Deere's CES 2023 keynote address, the company reviewed Exact Shot, a new planting technology that will help Deere's customers be more productive, profitable, and sustainable. I love these names, like yeah, everything. Like, just gonna.
1: So so this one, like the the starter, and there's a lot more than John Deere coming out with these kind of things, but yeah, basically it's gonna shoot the starter right on the seed.
0: Yeah, I was looking at some some uh, videos of some, how they're doing it. Like it's pretty cool. Like they know exactly where the seed is. Paint basically paint a brush right over top. Right. Of that seed with the fertilizer.
1: So, yeah, I mean, right now we're used to continuous flow. Like, you wonder how it'll change, though, like our orifices and our fertilizer setup, you know, to have that pulsing. Like I mean, sprayers can do it, and that'll be different, but, like, it's the whole, down the whole line of setup would be different, too.
0: So it's saying here that exact shot will allow farmers to reduce the amount of starter fertilizer needed during planting by more than 60%. That's a lot. The technology uses sensors and robotics to place starter fertilizer precisely onto the seeds as they are planted, rather than just continuously flow over that whole trench.
1: Would you, would you redo like so? One tricky thing I was thinking about is like rates of so. Say in your pop-up, you add a plant growth regulator. Mm -hmm. You you know,
0: that's some mental gymnastics, right?
1: Like, how does that work, and how do you get? You know, you're gonna almost, you double the rate then, and you you'll know, spray it right over it, or because you know, like that's tricky too. Of where you just wasting all the stuff in between because the plant wasn't really getting it. So, right, so right. like a lot of those products now, what they're gonna have to maybe come out with a a different rate using a tool like this. Yeah, or, I, I don't know.
0: I w- I just, you're right, though. I mean, even something like that where your your seed is, those roots aren't developing fast enough to get to it in between the seed right
1: so yeah just kind of some newer planter technology like we said there's some other companies doing what seems to be similar things with starter a lot of change just in general it seems like with starter i think
0: what i like about this too is just the you know the article goes on to say that we could save over 93 million gallons of starter which is good from a resource standpoint I wonder, too, sometimes with this movement to soil health and soil biology, like are we in that little micro space? Are we reducing biological activity by putting that salt there? So would we have more biological activity if we right, you just, just put the fertilizer by the seed and then we're not disrupting that soil in between? And the biologics of it, the biologicals, you know, the bacteria will be able to grow a little bit better?
1: You wonder if, too, we add more... Sort of more water in that band that it shoots out just to help that seed imbibe, yeah, and all that kind of the the other other ramifications of what you do with this technology could be very interesting, so yeah, kind of a neat new thing to be out there watching for these changes in in basically kind of how the in- inferal or starter gets put on that seed.
0: Matt's liking this banjo from afar today. Yeah.
1: Yes. All right. We'll move into our egg history minute today. We're going to talk about the bill pick. Have you ever heard of the bill pick? Nope. This is not your like fantasy football picks or not your uh, picking my nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could. <laughs> so basically, the bill pick in the mid 1800s, the first mechanical hand tool corn planter planters were being invented, and farmers called these bill picks most likely because the point that penetrated the soil opened up like a bird's bill to release the seeds in there. So they're also known as corn jabbers or corn jobbers, which I like. All these names are awesome. <laughs> like Anything with a jobber in it is like... At least it wasn't down. like the bill jobber or something like <laughs> that. That would be
0: bad. That would be bad.
1: So, yes, the bill pick, one of these bill picks was patented in 1876, and it basically used an upright leg that supported the seed canister and a handle, and then the operator jammed the point into the ground, pushed it forward, the handle, and this released the seed. This forward rocker motion caused the bill to open and the seed to drop. The operator then lifted the tool from the ground, pushed it forward to the next hill, scratched the dirt over the last hill as he stepped forward. So you kind of had this motion where, and it, it literally said it like doubled like before, they could do like a half acre planting corn in a day, and this was up to like an acre. Cool. If you're really good, two acres acre a, day. a day. Wow! With the imagine with that, the bill huh? pick. Yeah. We're talking
0: about acres per hour now, and, right? And this is acres per day,
1: and way less seeds drop dropping. At it. one
0: point at the Tilth World headquarters, we did have a bill pick. That was in the shed. Is somewhere. it somewhere? Yeah, it's still out there, but I think we used it to plant sweet corn one year. Okay, like twenty years ago, but. That's I don't cool. I didn't still. know. I it never should. seen that. should dig it out.
1: All right. There you have it on the bill pick. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell a farmer friend. All they need to do is search Tilt Talk Radio in Apple Podcasts or on Android. You need to download an app. We like Podcast Addict, Podbean, or Player FM. And then search Tilt Talk Radio in that Android app. You can also listen on your computer or smartphone browser. Go to tilthegg.com slash podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio.
0: All right. Thanks, Todd. Always good to know where you can, can listen to the latest episodes and get your news and information. So now we'll move on to current events with our Cool Beans. That's corny. So Cool Beans.
1: Cool Beans. That's, cool beans, cool beans. Doesn't sound the same. No, you it was, need it like two of us. <laughs> more than we more than one, one. Or it's weird. So, all right,
0: cool beans today, back to John Deere. Uh can you can now repair your own John Deere equipment?
1: So basically we can. the yeah, we could, we kind of could before, but there was always that weird like right to repair issue that's been a debate here in the last probably yeah. 10 years. Yep. And Farm Bureau basically kind of yeah. I don't know if you call it suit exactly, but has been working with John Deere. And John Deere and the Farm Bureau has signed a memorandum of understanding that means farmers will be able to repair their own equipment. Now, the more you read into it, it's there's still a lot of sort of gray area. It doesn't help as much as we maybe thought it would, but it's still sort of better you know, than what, that was before like the John Deere seemed to kind of come the farmer's way, a lot of credit to the farm Bureau and Zippy Duval, who's the farm Bureau president, um, which I think is an awesome name Zippy Zippy Duval yeah so basically Zippy Duval says you'll have access to diagnostic tools and information you need, and you'll get it at a fair and reasonable price, so I think it has a lot to do with all the computer systems yeah, that are on these we things can't, now, and none
0: of these. Are, Pieces of equipment, even your car, you can't do without hooking up to a computer. So I'm sure.
1: I mean, any like this says, you know, enable enable independent mechanics to identify and fix problems much more easier. Which that's a big deal. I know, like our our four wheeler guy that does our players wheelers, like he can't get a player's diagnostic tool. Sure. So he kind of has to go the old school way and figure it out. Yeah. But like, think of all that part of it of you know with these computers on these and and who who really owns that and right to repair kind of stuff. So. And
0: and as time goes on and good mechanics aren't available and these dealerships are struggling to get good employees, like somebody's going to have to be able to fix this and it should be the farmer that should have the at least the access to be able to get in it and maybe the technician, maybe it's a partnership that the technician walks them through it and says, you got to do it this way. But they don't actually have to do the work. The technician doesn't. The farmer can do the work, but the technician helps them through to diagnose diagnose where the problem is and and how to fix it and get the parts. So, I, I think this is a good thing.
1: Yep. So a lot to see on this. We'll see how they, you know, how much it really does mean. How far John Deere really did go, but it's a step in the right direction Got for farmers start somewhere. Right. right.
0: Yeah. Moving on to That's Corny Today, Bird Flu, the Cause of High Egg Prices. You know, I just was in the grocery store last night, and four ninety nine for a dozen eggs. Yeah. And I thought to myself, what has happened with chickens and the poultry industry that just like, I don't know, a year ago, it was like 98 cents you could get a... So this, this kind of makes a little sense to me now. I was a little bit wondering about right so
1: basically the avian influenza is you know had outbreaks in the egg laying hens and then you kind of were on the bounce back from the holiday baking season right so all those yeah i remember back to all the and they were already expensive then you know and yeah but it it seems like didn't seem to change my uh, cookie eating no
0: thanksgiving to now it's maybe two dollars a dozen more right so and like usually, Quick Trip throws a deal like during, sure. during this season the, they throw their milk on sale and they throw their eggs on sale, and I don't think they threw their <laughs> eggs on sale this year. <laughs> right,
1: right. So prices are two hundred ten percent higher, and so yeah, I mean you got kind of that pretty pretty much high prices and and eggs are kind of like a, you know, think of back to what you used to. Look at inflation and look at prices changing, and it's like milk, eggs. Butter. Yeah. Yeah. And so that one's going to be a really interesting blip in 22, 23 here of of it going up. So, yeah, that's that's corny.
0: So less omelets being sold at the old Perkins. All right. We can finish her off with something good, right? Right. With our feel-good Friday today. U.S. oat production is up sharply.
1: So So nobody, we don't think about oats all that much. But. Like oats are back, which is crazy. Like, you can't have your oatmeal without oats. (laughs) Well, with eggs being so high priced, everybody's (laughs) going to, yeah. Go to oatmeal instead. Yeah, reaching for the Quaker oats instead. But yeah, basically, USO production was up in 2022. And one of the interesting things is in Wisconsin, we actually had record low acreage, but we had like the highest yield. So, kind of the. Yeah, like it was just an interesting trade-off there. It was a good oak. It was the record low planet area, but the average yield for Wisconsin was the largest on record. So, um, yeah, you could kind of see this, which makes sense. I mean, like think of the day of like oats would get you, what, 30, 40 bushel? and Like this, they got like in 2022, this is nationwide, but the yield average was 65 bushels. Of oats, I mean that's average, which you know, like we said, there's still some low ones pulling that down, and that's up three bushel, three and a half bushel from before, from ever before, which was sixty one bushel. So
0: I feel like oats in Wisconsin is directly correlated to how much winter wheat gets planted the year before, right?
1: So what's funny you say about that is we were at a record, fairly not record high, but it was very fairly high wheat, yeah, because we used to plant everything in wheat. But yeah, it was a very high winter wheat, and then looking going into twenty three, it's actually quite low. Sure compare you know. I don't because, feel
0: like there's a lot of wheat plant. Right. And
1: that's Wisconsin stat that showed, you know, we're actually lower. So like you say, it it does seem like we didn't plant as much, but we we're finding ways to get it. But probably part of it's too we're planting maybe on better ground, not just in some corner somewhere. You know, it's being managed better than what we used to manage it. So
0: spraying for weeds a little bit better. You know, just everything around it obviously we're pushing. And I think Obviously land is high priced, so no matter what we right. plant, we want to get the most off that land we can.
1: Yeah, and the so in Wisconsin it was seventy four bushels an acre average. That's oats. pretty good. That's pretty good. And that's up from sixty two bushels. So I mean that that's a big jump. You know, it's not just a little jump, it's no. a big jump.
0: And it's not like oh we had You know, corn, you know, you can get that swing, but oats, I think, is a little different. So, yeah, any
1: of those oat growers at the coffee shop, we want (laughs) you bragging about your oat yields and how good you hit her.
0: Well, good. We'll uh, we'll end her there, Todd. Hopefully, we uh, did the other two guys some justice and and had a good episode, but uh, today, talking bros on rows, just me and Todd here talking about corn spacing, how it's related To population and what all options you have out there um into the egg history minute bill pick talking about the old corn jabbers and jobbers hand corn planters and ended us with some current events so hope you had a good episode here todd I, i enjoyed it and as always guys happy farming